Welcome to the Monday Night Bible Study Podcast, where we explore deep and we explore wide in chapters of the Bible. in some Greek manuscript there's like another verse to like first Timothy three. Yeah, youth pastors must be energetic <laughs> and <laughs> must fit this personality type because I'm sure I'm sure Paul was just just thinking about his Enneagram number and all right. that kind of stuff. I'm sure he was uh he was thinking about that. But he was thinking also about what he wrote in Romans thirteen, which is what we need to get to tonight. So that's uh might be one of the latest ones we started, but it's alright. Nice. I probably have intimate groups tonight. So. I probably have the record for yeah, latest start. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we jump onto it? Uh, Leah or Megan? I think it's one of you guys. Probably <laughs> me. I haven't been here in forever. <laughs> well, Leah, we're gonna give it to you tonight. All right. The advantage is to jump on it when the group is smaller. That's true. It's easier. To That's why I'm it. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Lee, you can take praise and prayer, and we'll go this way. Jen, we'll start with you.
because I feel like time and time again I've been seeing different ways that I'm not yet what I should be. And yet, like, God puts me in relationships with people who are super gracious and patient, and He's gracious and long suffering with me. And then, like, walking through yesterday's message on sanctification yesterday, and just being, like, so thankful that, like, I have Christ's righteousness, but yet also God's faithful to. Then you get under the sun. Um, <laughs> pretty sure that was a misquote. There, there is nothing good under the sun. There's nothing there new. Anything new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, new living translation. Well, I'm not good at that. That is a translation. I've got to try to make up a new translation. Anyway. Um, oh, I'll just say good weekend. Go to Brian. It was, it was a good weekend. Um, a lot of things going on, but uh, good time to good people. And um, even our uh, outdoor service on Sunday night was really, was really good. I mean, both, both services, of course, but just being able to connect with the church family in that way and um, seeing that little sense of normalcy mm-hmm. coming back to that. Yeah. So just like.
service went really well so that was good we were able to get everything well and most things done that we need to get talked about and um and honestly like this year i'm probably the least stressed out of all the other years so that's a good thing too <laughs> um, which is super awesome but yeah and i guess just um prayer going into um this week and next week and getting started with the school year just that everything would get done that i need to get done and um and just kind of balancing that and the rest of things happening in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, for you. Um, I think mine would just be similar to Jennifer. Like, I've just been really, um, really painfully aware of how much mercy I need and just so thankful that God gives it. And, um, and I think... Yeah, especially Sunday, really feeling that. Um, and I was just so thankful we could take communion again as a church. Like, that was just so sweet and needed and such a sweet day for it, like, being so aware of my sin. So I was just really thankful for God's grace in that. And um, and just, like, like Garrett said, too, like, being back with church family, like, a Sunday evening was just awesome. And, um, yeah, I just really love our church family. So I was really thankful for that. And then prayer, um, I would just say, I would say behold coming up. I'm sure Aaron, that'll be on Aaron's list too, but um, we have a teen activity. Um, and just, um, I think just like physical endurance for me. And then mm-hmm. and then just for um, for the teens, I'll let Aaron describe more. <laughs> I guess I don't want to steal your whole thunder because I'm sure you'll ask for that, but. I mean, maybe you won't. Maybe you don't want to pray for that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, praise. Yeah, it was just a good weekend. Like the workday Saturday was really good. Got to meet up with, with a few people in the morning for coffee and then head over to the workday, which was really good. And, and I got to connect with a few people while we were working, which was always a good time. Mm. Yeah, and we took Shania out for dinner, so that was fun. And yeah, so it was just a good time. And then, uh, yeah, hanging out here. And, so that was really good. And then Sunday, yeah, Sunday was just really great. Service on Sunday, like seeing more people out was really nice. And really enjoyed Pastor Dave's sermon. And then some restful afternoon and evening was great. Yeah, good weekend. And then, yeah, pray for Behold, just trying to get ready for that. Um, just that more teens would sign up. So we're at about 13, I think. So teens would sign up. And not just with the numbers, but like want it to be an encouraging time. So like we said, it'll be couple sessions and wanting it to be just an encouraging time spiritually but then we'll be serving over at freedom house for the afternoon and mm-hmm. so just really want it to be a good time so pray for prep and sermon prep and everything else like that so were you able to find i know last week you said you were looking for a guest speaker yes yep so he's got uh, mark massey who is up at victory academy so okay. yeah so he's going to come and do the friday night yeah, one, thanks for so. praying for that it yep. was so sweet to be able to have yeah him. yep was, yeah really awesome so kind of showed him a text. I was like, "Hey, you want to come on down and preach for it?" He's like, "Yeah, that'd be great." He's like, "I'm super." He's like, "Yeah, I like, I'm, I'm pumped about the topic. This is really fun." Awesome. So he's just awesome too. Yeah. It's gonna be so I'll throw out like, if you guys want to like swing by and kind of like sneak in the back on uh, Friday night and <laughs> be around. So we're also doing our gender reveal then. So, so we have the gender reveal. Yeah. 
Yep, so you guys, if you guys want to come, you are... Shania is going to come for the gender reveal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if you guys just want to, like, come on by, like, we'll have a gender reveal, and then we're, like, we'll have a couple, like, some time of worship. and trying to do it really well, like, guitar and bass, we'll have the cajon, and just, like, really just good, wanting some, some just good singing, and so we have a good lineup. We'll do, like, three or four songs, just kind of all together, and then uh, Mark Massey will preach Friday night, so... So yeah, so if, you kinda, if you guys want to come to that, you should want to. We'll start at like 6.30 is when we'll get started, so it's up to you guys. So. My birthday, so I have plans. Oh, <laughs> Otherwise, I would well, go. That's probably way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sounds good. Um, All right. Well, Leah, why don't you pray for us, and then we'll have okay. a Romans 13. All right. Well, dear Lord, thank you for this
with them in a way that they will see Christ in her. And um, I thank you that for, for Megan, she's been able to see God's mercy lately. Um, the communion we had on Sunday, I just thank you so much that we were able to celebrate that together. Sometimes we, we take those things like that for granted when we, we do them every month, but especially after this time of Know, being apart, having virtual services, to have that physical um, communion together as a church family was such a sweet experience. And just thank you for that. I also pray that you would be with the Behold Teen Ministry that's coming up. Pray that you would just touch the lives of the teens that attend and help Megan to be able to interact with the teens and just to have the physical endurance she needs to be able to concentrate on how she can affect the lives of those young people that she interacts with. I just thank you that Aaron was able to have a great weekend this weekend, that he was able to meet some people for coffee, have a good church work day, and just spend some sweet time with Shania at dinner as well. And just the rest he and Megan were able to get this weekend as well. I know it's so, so needed sometimes, and I just thank you that that was able to happen pray that you would be with him during this the whole conference that um you know, everything would go well with the sermon prep and delivering the sermon that a few more teens would sign up and just that it would be an encouraging time not only for the teens but for Aaron and Megan as well and that they would be able to seek your face as they sit through the messages and also as they serve at the Freedom House that they would not treat this as a time just to spend time with other teens, but that they would see this as an opportunity to serve you and to seek you first. I just thank you so much for, again, just the sweetness of Christian fellowship, and I just pray that you will show us what you have for us in this next chapter of Romans. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Leah. All right, so Romans, L13, yo. Grab some more uh, coffee or whatever else. Wow, that was good. What, L13 EO? May want to break that board before it breaks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this chair is covered in ash all of a sudden. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> uh, you guys getting smoked out. It's okay, we're not getting bit by the dog. That's true. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Yeah. So. Almost burned. NBD. <laughs> There's plenty of coffee. A lot of our main coffee drinkers are not here tonight. I'm gonna finish my tea first, so. <laughs> 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 yeah. You're gonna waste the Probably should have gone with the other order than that. Probably should have my coffee first. Long conversation for me until like after midnight. I enjoy every conversation. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Alrighty, chapter 13. So from last week, we hit chapter 12, and chapter 12 provides a big pivot in the Book of Romans. So really enjoyed our conversation last week. That was awesome. And then uh, tonight, Paul continues on, remembering that uh, 12, 1, and 2 are kind of the key verses for this section, being renewed and having your minds renewed, and everything that follows in chapter 12, 13, 14, and 15 all connects to the concept of being, uh, being renewed. So chapter 13 continues that, uh, having renewal of our minds and the way that we think. That's about it. So let's see if you want. So two verses at a time, as normal. And, uh, it's supposed to rain in 30 minutes. Is it really? I noticed the wind, like... Gotta pick up a little bit. So, well, if we need to move inside, then we will. We'll get to Otherwise, verse four by then. We'll get to verse four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully, we can squeeze in a good hour of, uh, of study and go from there. So let's go in the same order. Jen, we'll uh, start. Yeah, we'll just two minutes. verses. Oh, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, guess we'll uh, guess we'll see. So, Jen, and your little uh, little cup of coffee. Why don't you? Step perfect. Up? That's perfect. Maybe it. it'll be 11 instead of midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to the conduct, but bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? And do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. He is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrong Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this... Since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep, because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, and the day is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, nor quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Alright. Only 14 verses, so a shorter chapter, so. Well, let's tackle uh, 1 through 7 first. <clears throat> so again, 1 and 2 be, don't be conformed to this culture, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your minds in everything in chapter 13. Let's renew our minds with verses 1 through 7. Questions, comments, contemplations, confusions, clarifications? So, Nothing's changed, Leah. <laughs> so first when I read this, 
I am like, oh, but you don't know who our president is. <laughs> but then, like, thinking through who they had as a leader was like, uh, yeah, it's worse than any of the presidents that we're going to have. Like, so it just makes me think about what does this look like? And even thinking through, like, I mean, things like John MacArthur's church. Like, how do you handle stuff like that, right? Like, like when they're leaders are telling like it's just so sticky and weird and hard and like knowing that even a bad ruler is for our good so I guess yeah I don't know if anyone has thoughts on that or that I um, kind of thought through, especially with everything that's been going on and a lot of people's argument of like, well, you know, the, the ruler is like wicked or whatever, but then like what stuck out to me was um, the part in verse 5 where it says that therefore one must be subjection not only to avoid God's wrath but also for the sake of conscience. Mm-hmm. And just like this idea of like you're submitting as, and then I think it says in here like um, you're submitting like to the Lord. Um in this and so because God's the one who instituted it um and therefore if you resist authority you're resisting what God has appointed Mm -hmm. um and so like it kind of helped put it in perspective to me and saying okay ultimately you know when you submit yourself you're not doing it because you think the ruler is good but you're doing it because you think that God is good and um yeah yeah that's good kind of the authority behind the authority right yeah yeah which, end up, which obviously zooms like this is more specifically governmental, as Paul mentions. But even still, that that zooms out to any discussion on authority that, like, whether husband over wife or like bosses or managers or parents to children, like, it's always the authority behind the authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think I'm. Aaron and I talked about this a little bit. Like I'm, I am, am not. I'm just so uncertain how to think about politics and government and all of that. Like I'm, I don't, I don't know how to think about it. Um, and and I feel like especially in, especially like the generation before me is very clear that they know how to think about it. So, so like when I come to passages like this one where it's talking about it, I feel like it challenges me to not be so apathetic. Like, because I feel like I can fall, I can say like, oh, I don't know what to think, so therefore I'm just not going to think about anything at all. And I'm not going to care. Like, but, but it seems like we should be caring. (laughs) You know, like maybe not about politics per se, what it looks like right now, but like, I should care about my ruler and I should be praying for them and I should make sure that I'm honoring them and like Nicole said because I'm honoring God like so yeah it just challenges me more than I want to be challenged yeah. other thoughts on 127? 
I feel like the hard, like the hardest thing about this is like the balance between like this passage and the, um, you know, we also obey God rather than man. Yeah, Acts 4? Yeah. Because we've been, like, just from the position that I'm in in the school, mm-hmm. we've been having a lot of conversations about this because everybody draws the line differently. And it's just interesting because there'll be things where I'm like, well, duh. And then they're like, well, that. Yeah. And it's just like, and I feel like, I don't know, I mean, we'll see, but I just feel like as time goes on, yeah. there's going to be a lot more difference in how people draw that line which is really which is really hard mm-hmm. yeah I know this is maybe more like my own thoughts on the subject than text related but right now I talked about this actually earlier tonight it's like the fact that we live presently in a government that does allow us to be a part of it mm-hmm. I feel like even offers like more room to like at least like widen the ambiguity at least in my thinking of it like well because I like we are to be responsible citizens and therefore like if God has graciously put us in in a functioning government that allows us to like play a role in it then in as much as we can we have a responsibility to do that to the glory of God's name, but then like just because we're a democracy but we're leaders doesn't mean that like we only have to obey them if we like them and we only have to pray for them and and recognize them as God's good authority if we voted for them. So I feel like I've sort of self-constructed more ambiguity about this too, like given the like era of the government in which we're living in. Yeah. So, that's yeah. yeah, which I think is a good point, because obviously Paul would have had no shell space for uh, something like America. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's just right. so foreign of like, no, there's an emperor, and that's yeah. like, yeah. like we don't have any rules. He says we live, we live. And yeah, we exactly. Don't, we don't, and, yeah. and you have like Jesus' comments too towards, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was super nice a little bit ago, so. Well, I wasn't even thinking that one as much as, like, uh, talking to soldiers and, hmm. like, serve well, don't don't abuse your authority and position yeah. and you know, do some of that mm. stuff, so. Yeah, I've never thought about that in this context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I think it is eye-opening, too, just to remember that you guys said, like, that he wrote this to people who were living under an emperor. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, so it's not, so, like, and we complain, like, I mean, yeah, exactly. we, we have so many freedoms, like, yeah, and, there. It's fine. and so much more, like, like, in perspective, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's nothing like what he was speaking to them, too, yeah. and so, like, I think sometimes, you know, and that's what we've been having a lot of discussions at school about, like, the importance of not confusing our American rights with our biblical rights. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it can be easy to, like, get those two mixed up and feel like, well, I have the right to this, this, and this. It's like, well, okay, actually, Paul was writing to people who were living emperor. under an emperor. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. That's okay. And, like, praise God for the blessing that it has been to exactly. have those American rights. Yeah. Right. Because those draw to a close doesn't mean that 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, exactly. Like we're going to be navigating a lot more of that, like as the next couple of years and next couple of decades roll on, like yeah, probably more than any other generation in America has, at least mm-hmm. in this way. So, right. So, like, I, yeah, we need to be able to know <laughs> what we believe and what's in the Bible rather than what's in the Constitution. Yeah. And kind of how you're saying before, like being like apathetic if you don't know how to think, like. We're inundated with so much information, mm-hmm. and we—it's it's hard to know like what's factual. Yeah, you know, and it's and like a lot of times it's easy to try and say, well, oh, just run everything through like the filter of God's word, but like how does that look in a practical? Exactly. Yep. But isn't it like crazy to think like, okay, when? all your American rights are exercised and the election is yep. done, that it says that there is no authority except from God mm-hmm. and those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like a very foreign thought to yeah. Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Not my president. Or even on the positive sense of seeing like it's not it's not me or it's not like you know the whole thing of like exercising my rights and this and that like even that it's still yeah like it's still like god's still the one like it's not it's not me mm-hmm. yeah. but to jennifer's point we still have like a responsibility because this is how our government is set up mm-hmm. but it's also not our hope right yeah, yeah. weird. I feel like the more we talk about it, the more confused I am. <laughs> but I, I like what you said, like, it's not our hope. Like, like, I mean, if they, if he could say they've been instituted by God referring to all the emperors of Rome, like, you know, how much, how much more can we, you know, remember that and, like, hope in the fact that, yeah, ultimately God is in control no matter what ruler comes and we don't have to have that. Yeah. fear or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or anxiety you know yeah. and I think we can probably take a lo- like get a lot of peace from that too totally. you know because yep. if we can say okay even though I don't agree with this leader and I dislike this leader I can say I am right with God by submitting to this authority and then whatever happens we can be at peace with that knowing that I've done all I can to be Paul's getting at for the sake of conscience that mm-hmm. like I can I can go to bed with a clear conscience knowing that mm-hmm. I've done God's will in this in this area. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good. And I think in this culture too, like persecution is not foreign to them. Yeah. So even thinking through that lens too of like mm-hmm. like do what is good and like like your your government is bearing a sword like for God and just thinking through that like when persecution is coming like they had to have so much faith in God in order to obey their government and 
and like that, I don't know, I guess that concept is so foreign to us. And, and I feel like one of the reasons that I and, you know, maybe others struggle with, like, in terms of, like, the government slipping away from where maybe what it once was is that it takes away all of my comfort. Like, like when religious freedom is gone, I'm not comfortable as a Christian anymore. Which they knew well. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that makes me think about like people around the world, even today, like Christians in China. Mm-hmm. You know, how do they interpret this verse? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how can they like you know submit to authority but also still worship? You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and obviously. Romans 13, 1 through 7 is not the only Bible. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot more in here than yeah. just one uh, one passage. So. I feel like I'd like to like do a study throughout Scripture of like like God and government, like mm. how that all works together. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, it'd probably be help- more helpful to me than me just blurring out all my thoughts. <laughs> So you're so you're asking like when someone when like, someone draws the line as far as what they think is the yeah, wrong right. government overstepping their God given. And so therefore, I I refuse to do this. Got it. Like, Can you think of uh, any examples? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have one that will probably come up. So what we're what we've been talking about <laughs> what we've been talking about, which doesn't necessarily affect the church, but affects the school, is. If they do mandatory vaccines, some people right. who are okay wearing a mask are not going to be okay right. doing mandatory vaccines. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's what we've been having conversations about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like for me, like I don't know, and I like it's different because I don't have kids. But what, the way I look at it is, I'm like, my trust is in God, and so like I trust that He is big enough that he can protect or help in spite of those things. But I also know that there, there's a lot of people on, who come from another point of view and say, you know, well, it's harmful to your body and therefore if you do something that's harmful, mm-hmm. that's sin. Mm-hmm. So therefore doing it would be sin. Um, and so like that, I don't know, like, and then there's conversations too that have been had about like if school has to be shut down again, well then, that we're not supposed to forsake assembling ourselves, which I'm like, well, it's not exactly school. <laughs> but because we're in school of discipleship, there, you know, and so, like, yeah. there's just a lot. Yeah. There's just a lot. But I, I, what I do feel like is I do appreciate when 
they were having conversations even about the mask thing when they all took time to pray about it like and i know that's like in a perfect world where people are willing to but i really feel like if you have a group of believers that are willing to like humble themselves mm-hmm. and pray that god totally. does yeah. unite the problem is we're sinful and we don't like to yep. think that we could be wrong mm-hmm. in our thinking mm-hmm. and that i think is when you get a lot of conflict and been talking to um one of my older friends and just asking for her for some advice when we were going through like the whole math thing and just being like okay my conviction is here and their conviction is there and you know if they make this decision how how do I handle that and she took me to the next chapter um Romans chapter 14 4 where it talks about you know who are you to pass judgment on a servant of another as before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. And she kind of brought up the same thing you were saying, Garrett, where she's like, I'm not sure if in everything we necessarily have to all see it the same way, but if we can respect one another's convictions, you know, and realize that ultimately we're responsible before the Lord for the choices that we make. Um, yep. You know, in an explained way that's saying, I'm choosing to do this because this is what I believe, but I'm not going to sit there and say that person is a sinner because they don't, they don't mm-hmm. fall the same way that I do in this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unity doesn't require uniformity. Right. I think we get those conflated. And then I think adding it to, like, like him saying, like, 
love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm really even with like say the mask thing, right? Like I'm not necessarily convicted that I need to wear a mask every single place I go, but if I see one of our neighbors and you know, or or a church member or someone and they really it's masks are really important to them, like I don't want to cause a division between us because they're scared to talk to me so like so so like I'm not doing it because I'm convicted that this is what I need to be doing but I'm doing it because I love them Mm -hmm. so I feel like there's part of that in there too of like okay you have to have this conviction but I'm also willing to you know I'm willing to lay down for a second just out of the sake of love so I don't know where that fits into but yeah Yeah, and when do you defer to that when that like when do you feel like come on when do you feel like that's God directed, God motivated. Is that when you would defer to that? Because I, I hear that too. Like, and that's kind of. I feel like where I've heard that is almost like making that unity argument, but in a different flavor. Like, if you don't obey every single mandate or command from the government, then you're not loving your neighbor. Is what is that how I've heard it put? Um. So I'm not, while I agree, I don't know if it's a universally applicable thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's to... No, I see what you're getting at, and I wonder if I, I change the vocab to like not as much of a universal thing as it goes both ways. Yeah. Where, because otherwise, if you just, if you, the love your neighbor, you just, the most strict person right. plays the trump card. So I'm the strictest, so therefore love means everybody bends to me. So otherwise you end up with like, just well, I'm going to go one step stricter and now you have to follow me. So, and this, and we're starting to drift into Romans 14, but. (laughs) But it's all like, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is tying into it. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, so when you do that, realizing like, because there's not like, because scripture is not a handbook for life. <laughs> and you can't just turn the page 772 for governor. <laughs> governor, if your governor gives a mask mandate, please turn to, to in your Bible to page 772. Like, it would have been so helpful. It, it would have been helpful, but <laughs> well, <laughs> well, helpful for again. And then you're now you're getting into well, helpful for what purpose? Right. Does the Bible want me to have every answer in life figured out, or does the Bible want me to live out the gospel and follow Jesus? So. So in that saying, like, you know what, like, I, I think in that a, a response is simply like, I get that, like, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to love Jesus, Jesus, and follow that in the way that I can, and so are you, so we're, we're both just going to have to defer to one another, and, mm-hmm. and that use this, the stricter person doesn't like to, can be hard to, hard to hear that, and we don't want to be told when we're less strict what, you know, what to do either, so, mm-hmm. so both people have to come to that of, we're trying to love each other, and it's there's not a clear there is a gray area i think that's why um your example was so sweet too like knowing that people were willing to like be humble and pray about it like i think that that's a huge component of it too like like if i'm the stricter one and aaron's not strict which is actually how it is (laughs) um like like i want to be humble when he is telling me his opinion and and not just think that I'm right the whole time, like be willing to change my mind. But in the same sense, he has to do the same thing even when he thinks things aren't a big deal. Like, 
So if yeah. we just all walked in humility, things would be a little bit easier. <laughs> Which is probably why I talked about that in chapter 12. Right. <laughs> exactly. Let love yep. be genuine. Yep. Obey uh, your government. Wait. No. <laughs> Exactly. And having that, that aspect of what is clear, like the, the, the defer to another believer on like salvation by grace alone, faith alone, the deity of Christ, the virgin, like there's, there's obviously clear lines right. that, right. and then, but it's just the, when you get your categories mixed up of what is of first importance right. and what's not of first importance, right. enter infinite amounts of debates on so many things. Anything else on 1 through 7? And we've kind of been like general, more topical, but any uh, any particular lines in there, verses that we want to suss out a little bit? God was the first Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. The governors. Just kidding. No. Well, that was still really funny. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the only time Avenger occurs in the Bible. <laughs> Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a translation somewhere. <laughs> that will give you Avenger. That's great. Alright, anything else? 1-7, through going once, going twice. I just think this was helpful for me to talk through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Because I feel like I'm, because I'm strict, I'm like, oh, I'm loving my neighbor when I do this. But to Garrett's point, like <laughs> that, I still may not be loving my neighbor when I do that by just saying I love my neighbor and I'm being strict. Yeah. See, I'm loving you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm loving you, but I'm choosing not to love you who doesn't think this is a big deal. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think in our contemporary context that we're all walking through right now, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's where I come up short so often too. Is that like. Because we still, that's at that me. point, we still want to define. I mean, that's the tree of knowing good and bad. We still want to define. I want to define good and bad on my terms, mm-hmm. not God's terms. Yeah, under the guise of love. <laughs> yep, exactly, under the guise of love, totally. What, um, I'm not quite seeing a, a clear connection here. What, uh, what is meant here in verse? So basically trying to explain verse 5? Yeah. Okay. So therefore, you must submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Conscience before God or before you? I guess I've never thought about conscience like before multiple things. It almost, in my initial thought was like it almost feels like it would end right after like to avoid God's wrath, like we in subjection. Yeah. But then there's like this forsake of conscience at the end. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> trying to figure out what that's. I mean, when was the last time we used the word conscience? 
Well, I wonder if it's if he's kind of presenting like the negative and the positive of like avoiding God's wrath, or you're also doing what's right. Like, I don't know if that's true. No, I think so. I mean, but I mean, like like I mentioned, we I mean, when was the last time any of us talked about our conscience? It's probably been a really long time. <laughs> yeah, besides, yeah, unless you watch Pinocchio recently. I haven't seen that a long time. So clearly, Paul has a bigger shelf space for the conscience than than we do in our current context, which is to our detriment. Because I, I appreciate that it's there. It's not as simple as obey government. Because there's bad things. Like, there's a deeper, <laughs> yeah. deeper yeah. application or thought process behind it. I'm just trying to yep. understand mm-hmm. yeah, totally. it better. Well, so what is conscience? What's your conscience? For the longest time, I still to this day struggle with conscience and conscious. <laughs> like, those words, I yeah. always I stutter every time. And then I have to, like, imagine the words spelt out in my brain before I. So I have to like pull up a little image of it. Okay, that's that's the word. I'm, that's literally how my brain works. I can see it. It's like yep. black with white white text. Conscious. That's what I'm trying to say. Your brain is in dark mode. I guess so. Wow. At least for words. Like when I like, yeah. So Paul mentions the con. Like in my brain, I flash conscience, and then I have to like. I read it from my brain. Whoa. Your brain is an impressive place. It's a scary place. I won't bring you any deeper. So, what's the conscience? A little voice in the back of your head. <laughs> and I'm like, she, I know how I define it, but I don't know like where else in scripture like that yeah, word is mentioned. How would you define your? How would, like you're a third grader? It's like Miss Nicole. What do they call you, Miss Nicole? Miss Jacques. Yeah. Miss Miss Jacques. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's pow- That's strong. Miss yeah. Jacques. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's German. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's French. It's okay. French. I know. I already have one of the dads that makes fun of me for that. <laughs> Miss Jacques. Yup. Yeah. I mean, like for that's me, a strong teacher. That's good. That's that's really good. Yeah. So. Yup. Yeah. I was Miss Nicole for a while, and then I was the only teacher going by my first name. So I'm like, I should just go by my last name, like everybody else. <laughs> so yeah, you're a third grader. Is like Miss Jacques. What's, uh, what's the conscience? I would say the conscience is, like, the part inside of you that, like, lets you know when you've done something right or wrong. Like, when you steal that cookie from the cookie jar and then you feel bad afterwards. Like, your mom didn't catch you, but you just have this feeling inside your gut, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, and, like, I don't, I don't think I'm totally making this up, but I feel like earlier in Romans, like, in Romans chapter 1 or 2, they talked about how, like, even those who don't have the law have god's law written in their heart and that's like their conscience so like mm-hmm. the conscience i think of is yeah. something that it's not it's not the same as the holy spirit pricking you when you've sinned but it's something yeah. that good. every person good, good. has yep yeah romans 2 their consciences either excuse or accuse okay. so the conscience is kind of the, the the yeah the inner judge that gives like so, thumbs up thumbs down so yeah. Yeah. separate from the holy spirit then because yeah. we yes. say even unredeemed has some kind of sense of because your conscience, your conscience can be like misled. Yes. So, like yes. when we have the Holy Spirit, it's like in my brain, I almost think of it as like a like an add-on or like a booster to your con- conscience. <laughs> so, like 
you have your natural conscience yeah. that like tells you right or wrong, but then you mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit that informs your conscience. Yes. Mm-hmm. That tells you which way to feel about actions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. So how does conscience relate with heart and mind? It's all getting deep. I have enough, I have enough voices in my head, so I'm just trying to determine <laughs> <laughs> who's who. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then we can talk about God. the angel on this shoulder and the demon on this shoulder. We can talk about that next. I thought that was your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is a helpful discussion, too, because, I think you're spot on, and uh, it it seems as though the conscience is distinct from the heart, the minds, and for sure the Holy Spirit, because you have Bible talks about there, um, in first or second first or second Timothy, the conscience can be seared. Yeah. So yep, which is a distinct distinct aspect of that. So I think the most helpful discussion that I've that I've kind of come to in like boiling it down is is I would kind of describe it like this where. Your conscience is your best friend. Therefore, keep it happy and keep it healthy. Your conscience is your best friend. Keep it happy, keep it healthy. So how does that help me understand the mind and the heart? Well, that's a different, I'm talking what the mind and the heart is. But your, your conscience is, so keep it happy, meaning, Paul will talk about this in Romans 14 and 15. Generally, scripture says that we should follow our conscience which is keep it happy. So keep your conscience happy by following your conscience. That's the general rule that the Bible gives. Follow your conscience. Keep it healthy because, as Leah mentioned, your conscience can be wrong. It can be weak. It can be seared. It can be messed up. So therefore, the conscience needs to be healthy, meaning it needs to be informed and constantly shaped, should we say renewed, by the Word of God. So then how do you determine whether I should keep it happy or not make it happy because it's unhealthy. I don't know. But generally, you follow your conscience until... and But you, you want to be asking... Does the Holy Spirit help in convicting you? Yeah, I mean, the Holy Spirit convicts, but usually through the, it's through the conscience. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, that's too where where you just like go to God's word so like yes. you know there's been times where I've been like ah oh, I don't really know and I have like this conflict and so then I'll yep. just take time and just say okay let me look up a bunch of scriptures 
about this and pray on it and like um then I just feel like the Lord just kind of really helps guide and give a peace yeah totally about that yeah yeah and that's the and hopefully as a as you as you mature your conscience matures and the only way that maturity and growth comes is through God's word so shaping yeah having your conscience shaped and growing healthier and healthier so that way you're I mean, and again, a lot of this will be Romans 14, but like, so for instance, like one example, there was a girl from my youth group and she was like, had a really, really tender conscience. It was like super sensitive and really, really strict. Um, and it was, it was, unhe- it was unhealthily sensitive. So even to the point where like, she would grab some extra napkins, like at a restaurant and like, like she would feel guilty from like having like extra napkins and like bring them out to her car or whatever, because she like, you know, that was like you know, this big stealing kind of wrong thing. And and she had to, like, train and make her conscience healthier of, like, oh, like, if I, if I have a couple extra napkins, like, that's not stealing. Bonnie, come on. Like, that's a that's an unhealthy conscience mm-hmm. to think that mm-hmm. a couple napkins that I that are left over, I just bring them in my car. Mm-hmm. So, like, in that point, when she was like, oh, I can't bring these out to my car, Scripture says keep it happy like you need to follow that but you also need to then strengthen your conscience to be more biblically aligned and biblically informed right. i feel like it'd be really hard in that situation to know whether i was searing my conscience or like mm-hmm. pruning it yep mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. which goes be like no it's okay so just don't listen to the super sensitivity to this yep. right it's okay but yeah mm-hmm. Which, again, is why having, like, why just comes back to Scripture. It's just so crucial that it's not just what I think or what my family thinks or culture thinks, but what God's, God's Word actually says and thinks. Which is why, like, being in God's Word is so important and having good discipleship so that we can be discipled and say, like, no, like, you don't have to, you know, kind of feel, feel like that. So then here, I think Paul really cares about that, that, inner judge that God has given us mm-hmm. staying happy mm-hmm. and healthy mm-hmm. so a conscience that says like I can just disregard any government authority because Jesus is my Lord yeah. Paul's like you're you're going to ruin your conscience and Paul has a high view of the conscience so having a bad unhealthy conscience like Paul views that as a really big deal so I think that's why he mentions the conscience your best friend keep it happy keep it healthy so follow it but make sure it's constantly being renewed by god's word and through discipleship does that make sense any other thoughts we'll talk and that'll make i think more sense in 14 and 15 but anything else still confusing about that or in relation to the government it's still kind of serious. <laughs> but like i get it but it's i don't know maybe because i just can't see it and I'm so unfamiliar with the conscience that sure. it's just hard for me to think about that, plus the heart, plus the mind. When do I keep it happy? What if it's unhealthy? How do I know? Like, is that really the rule? Like, I don't... Sure. So, I feel like it's still murky. Yeah. I mean, like, so when it comes to government stuff, like, I think mass is a helpful thing of, like, some people are going to feel, like, su- I mean, they're going to feel their conscience is flaring at them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are driving in their car. And not, and they're like, I have to wear a mask in the car. And then if they don't, they're like, they're just 
Like, that's, that's okay. That's fine. And where I, like, my conscience doesn't go off of that. And so I think that that happy healthy is realizing, like, if your conscience is going off, like, that's... <laughs> what have you just... Did she just dig a hole? Yeah. Yeah. She's, right. she's following her conscience. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That's the first uh-uh. time she's ever done that. Really? Oh, I think there's an animal that lives under there. Uh, she's, like, really frantic. What you got down there? Nope, she's just gonna sit in it. <laughs> you think she's warm and just wants cool? I think she's just being a dork. Yeah. That is hilarious. There's no hole here. You are not coming inside for me. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, like I mean, you, you take the mask stuff, realizing like if your conscience is going off, like that's okay. And if your conscience is not going off, like that might be okay as well. Is mm-hmm. that? Um, you don't care. That section was already, I had okay. to work on it anyway, so. Okay. Can, um, <laughs> What's up, Jimmy? Can, so, like, can the conscience be defined outside of scripture or fueled outside of scripture and still be healthy, though? Mm. So some, some, an individual, for instance, may not wear a mask because based on the statistical data um, that is available from what they are looking at, yeah, yeah, yeah. they may conclude that there's no, there's not enough statistical data to suggest that the masks as they are presented mm-hmm. right now are, yep. you know, effective. I'm just throwing out uh, yeah. right, uh, the other side example. of it too, yeah. Or yeah. the other way, yeah. Yep. Can you use so data? That right? would be yeah. a conscience thing, I think, triggering their comfortability or discomfort yes. at yep. doing that, but it's not Yep, and that's fine. Until you can clearly point to scripture and say, like, okay, that's one thing, but as soon as a governor of order says you have to wear masks indoors, that now, that it doesn't matter at that point. So someone's conscience, at that point, who willfully defies, should be, should be going on. Because that you can clearly point to, no, this isn't just, like, data outside of scripture, like, obey authority, like your conscience should be should be seared by this. His guilt of a command yes. over, I guess, is over the searing of a yeah. preference conscience. Yes. Yep. Well, yeah. When we think about like mm-hmm. the source. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, God's the source of the Romans thirteen authority establishment. Yep. You are the source of the position of mm-hmm. not doing this because it's not a statistically effective or proven that way. Yep. Yeah, you're trying to supersede that. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, the mm-hmm. sections of the totem pole are switched. <laughs> yep. or, no, exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. you're putting that you're putting that above. Yep. Yeah, your positional authority is mm-hmm. always superseded by your creator. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Which makes the conscience talk a lot easier to navigate because it's not just like a like Garrett said like which voice is this going off in my head like I don't necessarily have to know that I just have to follow Jesus, study his word, know what it says, and then make a decision on what I think is right. Yeah, yep, and maybe even that third, like, keep it happy, keep it healthy, and the third thing, too, is keep it submissive to God's word. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you need to follow your conscience, but your conscience always needs to bow to God's word. Right. Whether to do something or to not do something. Because yeah. I think about, um, well, I mean, you preached that sermon like two years, two ago. years ago, right? It was about, I mean, he preached a sermon on like, on the conscience and like preference and like, um, it was super helpful. Like, I don't know if you saw the slide, but I feel like I need it framed. It was like, like, Diagrams? yes, it was so helpful. Um, it was like two triangles and like, you know, this is someone's triangle of, like, okay, God and the gospel at the center, but then on the outside of my triangle is, like, you know, I wear conservative dress, and I believe masks are terrible, and, you know, like, that's my preferences, and those are fine things, like, it's fine when you think that, but then someone else's triangle, you know, God and the gospel are still going to overlap, and I might have one of the same preferences, but I might not have the other two, so then at that point, like, how do you navigate that, and what do you do? So just knowing that, like, like it's not just my conscience that I have to listen to, but, like, I have to keep what's important at the center and then not not necessarily let my conscience be my guide, but let the word be my guide and let the conscience be fueled by the word and then allow that to work. Yes. Okay, let's take now eight. She's ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take eight to the ends. Should be able to get a good ten minutes or so, and kind of the last little little bit. I feel like this helps sum everything up. Yeah. Paul just kind of being like cutesy with the phrase of like, yeah. you know, talking almost owing and kind of like a, you know transition. what? I mean, kind of his transition of like, you know what, like, some people owe this, some people, you know what, just the only thing that you need to be focused on owing is, <laughs> is law. So therefore, your transitions are biblical. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it, I look at it and with that meaning of like, okay, I don't owe you money because I've paid you what what was due. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at it in the context. It's not talking about the money. The context is I don't owe you respect because I respected you like I was supposed to. I don't owe you honor because I honored. Whereas if I withheld the honor from you, then I would owe it to you because I was supposed to give it to you, but I didn't. So like if you think about that in money terms, like if I owed, um, you know, Jen something, but I didn't give it to her. I would owe it to her, but if I gave it to her, then I didn't. So it's like saying, like right before, is telling us to pay taxes and honor and respect. So once you do, once you pay them out, you don't owe it. Mm-hmm. So don't have anything outstanding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
don't have, don't be withholding something that is due to someone else. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Is there also the concept of like the other side of the coin, like? In as much as you should endeavor not to owe me anything, I should endeavor to not, like, keep a record of rights and wrongs and that, too, like, as we're loving each other. Mm. I mean, we don't see that here, but thinking about, like, First Corinthians and, like, what love looks like. like. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder if love it just... Maybe if that's the lesser point of do not know, owe anyone anything except to love one another. Like, what if you're just trying to emphasize, like, man, when you get together with, when you're around people, the only thing that should, like, consume your focus is, all right, how, how can I love this person? Like, that there's nothing else that is taking over your mind or your thoughts or occupations other than just, man, I just want to love this person. because I guess the logic doesn't really follow through if you if you say to not owe anyone anything is to give them the honor and respect but then you're saying you have to owe you're owing them love that that would mean that you're withholding them love if you you know what if we say that to owe no man nothing means you're not withholding anything from them but then he's saying you need to owe love to people mm. that would yeah logic like that go. you'll never cease paying that like you'll never yeah. cease paying love right yeah yeah, yeah. And I wonder, too, if, like, Paul's looking at this through the context of, like, these Pharisees who, like, add on all these extra laws that you had to be so particular about. And he's saying, you don't have to be, like, super careful. Oh, I have to give this much respect and this much honor. Like, if you love each other, that's just going to come naturally. Mm-hmm. And so that just... Mm-hmm. Yeah fills in all mm. these little minutiae yeah, details. Anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, especially as he as he shifts out of kind of the governmental sphere into mm-hmm. kind of back into like the local church and kind of everybody of just yeah. yeah, just just care and focus and be concerned about just pouring out mm-hmm. yeah, love. Because that's gonna fulfill as Lee was mentioned, like that's gonna fulfill everything else. It's interesting that he bookends the section on government with love and love mm-hmm. like well, all sections to bookend love in like why obeying government <laughs> and it's eight kind of like filled in a little bit by nine and ten like like instead of looking at the law and saying like, well, I didn't do this to you and I didn't do this to you and I didn't do this to you, so therefore we're good. Like, it's not about the do's and the don'ts necessarily. Like, yep. the heart and loving those people. Yep. Take care of all of those things. Yes. Therefore, you love your neighbor, you're fulfilling the law, you're not right. indebted to them. I feel like we like flip the focus like way too much like where we make it about like okay like I need to make sure I do this I need to make sure I do this and this and then we just like lose sight of the whole the whole purpose of it all and we get so like 
like hoity-toity about <laughs> about like look at I did this and I did this and yeah then, exactly and we're like forgetting that it's about loving one another yeah. yeah which ties back to that renewal aspect of like the way that I view the law needs to be renewed in the gospel because my natural approach to the law is alright as long as I don't do all this stuff and I check off all these boxes and I'm good and Paul says no the gospel actually renews the way that we approach the law that the renewed approach of the gospel emphasizes you love your neighbor and the rest of the law will naturally follow into that including obeying your government yep okay what else 8 through 14 what does he mean when he says let us walk properly as in the daytime like assuming that all those sins are at, at night Contrast darkness and light. Just, 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 just be another. Yeah, yeah. It could just be another reinforcement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Turns out I should have just read the whole passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a common like. I mean, like powers of darkness is like that's how Paul summarizes evil spiritual beings. Is it also? Oh, is it also just like that call to alertness? Like at night we slumber and it's not mm -hmm. time for slumbering right now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think it all ties into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're children of light, and we live as if we are in the light because darkness is the realm of sin, evil, and evil spiritual beings, and that's not that's not who we are. Yeah, it's kind of the be who you are. You're, you're children of light. You wear an armor of light. You're part of a kingdom of light. So, mm -hmm. live like it. Yeah, it like stuck out to me how he was like, just the wording that he used that wake up from your sleep for your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. Mm -hmm. Like, and just thinking about what, like what, what does salvation all entail? Like, mm -hmm. you were saying that part of our identity in Christ and, and like Pastor Dave was talking about yesterday of, right. of like of us becoming clean and being changed until the day when we're ultimately cleansed mm -hmm. I find it interesting that like in verse 13 he has two different sections of things not to do and they are really different but they almost seem like them on equal terms. Like orgies, drunkenness, and sexual immorality and sexuality. But then he also adds in quarreling and jealousy. <laughs> like in our minds we don't like equate those with each other. Mm -hmm. Like we put those mm -hmm. on different tiers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, he puts them all kind of together. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Yeah, well, I mean, because yeah, if you were to ask someone like, <laughs> give me some examples of walking in darkness. Yeah. You know, we would get we we agree with the first ones, but mm. we probably would never say, yeah, when you're jealous of people, yeah, or you're you just can't get along with people, mm. that's walking in like spiritual evil darkness, mm. like kingdom of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we want to make, I mean, it's it's like our respectable sin study. Like we we want to mm-hmm. say like, well, like you know, my jealousy and you know me not getting along with that person is like. No, not a big deal, but but yeah, I think it's a good point. Like Paul says, no, when you when you, there's jealousies among the local church, mm-hmm. like that's the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up, Leah, because it is easy for us to think like, well, I'm haven't gone to any orgies recently, <laughs> <laughs> but have I been jealous of people in my local church and? Have I had quarrelings and fights with people in my local church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul takes that just as seriously. What does it mean to not make provision for the flesh? Like, what does that look like practically? Ooh. I feel like that's like giving excuses mm-hmm. or like explaining away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. It's a super broad can there be a yeah. thing tangible too, so. and intangible application. What do you mean? I think that one speaks to the kind of intangible part, but maybe it's even like Oh, not making excuses for it, yeah. Yeah. What uh which I don't know if one's harder than the other, but my mind immediately like tangible. Like what are things present, whether how I use my time or hobbies or things that may not on the surface be outright wrong mm-hmm. um, or may have some ambiguity or gray area to them where you know I can rationalize or justify my position because it's not so clear cut but yeah. it entertains or perhaps leaves the door open a crack to mm-hmm. things that would not be so gray mm-hmm. yep you know so when I think of this verse it's like what what can I purge out of my life to not even like like not even grab my attention to look that way mm-hmm. but continue away from those things yeah you're trying to starve the flesh I mean I, I like how my translation puts it and don't make plans to gratify the desires of the flesh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like giving even like thought to and dwelling on them. yeah and making sure that like if I'm going to do something it's not going to mm-hmm. but it's true you could feed it even without something tangible by just simply thinking on things that you should be thinking on for mm-hmm. day after day after day after day and then slowly whittling down your mm-hmm. conscience and traps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At that point, it's not even necessarily plans that you're making, but it's more subconscious. Like, you yep. have to be a lot more watchful. Mm-hmm. I feel like I think of that in really tangible in like a certain avenue of sin. Like, I, like maybe in the first, like in the list of 13, like I think of that first category, right? Like, well, don't, like, don't put yourself around places if you're, like, if you struggle with drunkenness. Like, don't, you know, do this mm-hmm. and, and, like, maybe, like, be careful of the movies you're watching, you know, all of those things. Yeah. But then I don't think about, like, how long am I dwelling on something that someone said in the body and, like, inwardly, like, fostering jealousy and bitterness and, like, mm-hmm. quarreling or gossip. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. No, exactly. Like giving thought to those things too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so then you, then you look at that, and if you're talking with someone through this verse, it's like, all right, well, if, if every time you go on Instagram or Facebook and you see people posting about their, you know, their whatever, and you see that and you're now jealous because of what you're seeing, it's then, like, make no provision for the flesh, don't plan to desire the flesh, then, okay, mm-hmm. then there you go. Like, I mean, that's, like, super, super yeah. as tangled as you get of, like, you know, maybe you need to, like, get off that because it's just causing you to be jealous that they have a boyfriend or they have a girlfriend or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just reminds me of, like, the verse where it talks about taking every thought captive and then whatever yeah. is true, whatever is lovely, like, and, like, mm-hmm. to just, like, replacing that, like, with, mm-hmm. I think that's super helpful, too, like, when you notice your mind going down the wrong spot, to say, okay, hold on, what's true? <laughs> yeah. yep, what's exactly. right? What's good? Yeah. Right. And figuring out what's, what's triggering that. Of, right. Yep. Yep. I think yep. the front half of that verse is forgotten about quite a bit. Um, yeah. We mm. try to mm-hmm. remove that provision in our own strength. And then after a while of successive defeats and coming up short, we just give in. Mm-hmm. Or find a way to make, like, diminish or minimize the, yeah. um, the wickedness of it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it seems like it's above that. I think it seems it's it's by no accident that when you're pursuing after Christ, yep. um, mm-hmm. that you then find that strength and grace to be able to overcome. Mm-hmm. Some of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you read that out. Putting on the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ, like that's first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul starts with Jesus, and then as you're doing that, starve the flesh and clothe and wrap yourself up in Jesus. A lot of times when I'm kind of doing some introspective, like, you know, why am I struggling with this, or why can't I overcome this, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the first check is like, okay, well, how are, uh, how's your Evo and prayer life going? Mm-hmm. Oh, those are in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fascinating how you're struggling with sin, and you're not being faithful. Yeah. Yeah, how can I put on, how can I put on Jesus Christ today? What is that, what's that going to look like? How can I put on the armor of light, and put on Jesus? Yeah, I've, I I can't remember when I finished it. A little while ago, I finished like a devotional on like habits and stuff. Okay. And it it, it kind of, this verse, um, verse twelve, kind of has the twofold thing: um, cast off the works of darkness and put yeah. on the armor of light. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things the devotional talked about is like to like get rid of a habit, you have to replace it with something. Mm-hmm. Yep, so exactly. it's not enough just to say, oh, I'm not going to do this sin anymore. We have to replace it with something positive, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's extra prayer time or fasting or yeah, exactly. you know, more time in the Word. Yep. Yeah, which again is that renewal of, exactly. like, renewing your mind of how I grow and change. It's not just willpower and just yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that a renewed mind by the gospel means that I put off the flesh and I put on Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and his mercies and everything that he's done, done for me. I like how Ephesians talks about that too. Of like, yeah, how do you know someone totally. who isn't a thief anymore? Well, they give with their hands. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's those opposites there. Yep. And this is a and this is a great bookend too of putting on Jesus. Like, well, what does it look like to put on Jesus? It's going to be everything in twelve and thirteen, mm-hmm. which is having a renewed mind. And how do I know I'm having a renewed mind? I'm acting like this, which is putting on Jesus. Like. Paul bookends it with the same truth, but from two very, like, having a renewed mind and putting on Jesus are both going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to take an extended time to deal with 
very stronger book. So is this back half more going into 14 and 15 then, as opposed to maybe a way to kind of like circle it back to authority and submission? I, again, I think that the hinge illustration is, is yeah. it, it's a, yeah, a hinge that does double duty of kind of wraps up this, but then swings you into the next section as well. So I guess I, maybe it's there if I thought about some more, but I'm just trying to see like how does it, how does this back half then tie into how I look at situations with authority and God's sovereign placement of authority? And mm -hmm. Is there a cute little way to tie those together, or is that more just <laughs> meditating more on? Yeah, probably meditating on it. I mean, third, 14, like, submitting to government is one tangible way that I put on Jesus Christ today. Yeah. Okay. And then even, like, he talks about government, like, not, not fearing, like, they punish those who do wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes governments are going to punish some of these things, but... But even living in a way, like as we live with our, an armor of light putting on Jesus, then generally speaking, we're not going to, we're going to be good citizens. So therefore we won't have to fear governmental punishment for breaking the law. Obviously in general. But. All right, any other final thoughts on 13? Otherwise we'll go into some takeaways. Alrighty, there's chapter 13. Three more to go. Let's do some takeaways, shall we? And uh, we'll go in the same-ish order, since G-Man had to play some musical chairs for a while there. <laughs> so, G-Man, we'll start with you. Takeaway from uh, Romans 13. I play them all along this tab, though. Uh, so. It was like last night during the songs. It was like that was mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, th I think two things. Um, certainly the provision for the flesh, like that last verse. Um, actually, not three things, but they're short. Um, the the last verse definitely um, hit home and was challenging and helpful to kind of go through. Um, the aspect of conscience and then kind of like the personal stance on a thing and then being superseded by Romans 13 the kind of mask scenario that we painted where yeah, sure. now Romans 13 uh, supersedes the conscience and the formulated stance based on that like that yeah. helped connect things Good. Very, very much so for me um and then just a, just a thought, even reading the first verse or two of chapter 13, um, when I was able to take 9 through 11 and kind of fuel into verses 1 and 2, based on what we looked at in those three chapters in particular, there was a lot more impact and weight behind yeah. them than I think I've had recently. Yeah. So that was just helpful reflecting back even on 9 through 11 a little bit. And awesome. Looking at God's sovereign place and authority in light of that. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Jen, for you? I think remembering that 8 
through 14 exist in Romans 13. That's yeah. really helpful for me. I mean, yep, sure. Um, I'm just walking through that. Like, none of Romans 13 is commanded for us to do without love. And, yeah. Um, and then just the timeliness of it. I'm making sure that yeah. in every time that you read Romans 13, there's a context which gives cause for application, but it seems like it's really timely to chew on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thankfully God knew when we were voting back in, <laughs> when was this, March, <laughs> voting on uh, having this, so, good. Yeah, Leah, for you? Um, I would say, like, I really enjoyed the conscience discussion, that was really good, just to, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of that before, but some of it's just really good to, like, bring my mind back to it. Yeah, totally. You know, because it is. It's a hard struggle if your mind and what you know the Lord is telling you, like what the Word tells you is something, and if your conscience tells you something different, it's a hard, like, dynamic to try and balance. And so, and even just thinking of, like, others, you know, not everyone's conscience may tell them the same thing that my conscience tells me. So just tying that back to the love aspect, and especially, like Jen said, like, it's very timely for today, you know. Yeah, for sure. Just thinking about like, okay, yep. what is what should be our purpose behind this? Yeah, it should be to love others mm-hmm. and to try and be a reflection of God's love. Yeah, totally. In what we do. Good. Yeah, well put. Nicole, for you. Um, I think kind of the biggest takeaway was just kind of a combination of um, the section about um, how love fulfills the law, and then. Um, put on the Lord Jesus Christ because like I like a lot of times get rabbit trailed down like the list of don't do this do this don't do that and like sure. kind of forget like okay hold on the purpose of this all is loving and then how can I put on the Lord Jesus Christ because otherwise you like you're saying you just get stuck in this endless cycle of like a funk where you're yeah. like oh man why can I not stop doing this but it comes back to okay hold on we need to start with putting on the Lord Jesus Christ we need to start yep. with remembering that love fulfills the law. And so we just gave me something to meditate on this week and just kind of awesome. pray about, yeah, okay, Lord, how can, what does this look like this week and how can I keep that my focus and not yeah, totally. the other things? Yeah, awesome. Good. Babe, for you? Um, I think the discussion on government was really helpful for me and especially in that context of love and conscience and, um, I mean, like I was saying, I'm really prone to, you know, saying I'm doing things in the name of love and I'm actually not loving anyone so um so it's just good for me to like think through okay my conscience isn't perfect and um and my opinion isn't always right and I need to just walk in humility even when I'm prone to pride yeah awesome yeah I'd say yeah it was it was good to talk to the conscience again I'm glad that we that we dove into that glad Garrett brought that up that was helpful to kind of revisit and refresh was really good uh and then the yeah seeing kind of how love covers all that it's like one of those things you know but then it's like okay that makes so much more sense of everything when it's covered in the context of love so that was helpful and then the discussion on yeah the last part of putting on on the lord jesus and i still feel like i'm always so prone to just kind of stay in the vague of like well you're gonna put on jesus but then being like oh so that means you work your way backwards of of doing this so I think it's being more intentional. I, I, I just find myself, it's like I wake up, get breakfast, coffee, get going, but actually taking the time to stop and say, okay, I gotta make sure that I'm putting on Jesus today and not just getting swept up into the 
okay, the day's starting and gonna get going. So I found myself pulled in that direction rather than stopping and saying, okay, how can I put on Jesus before I get swept up in the current of the day? And then all of a sudden the day's over and it's like, well, I didn't put, I didn't put on, I wasn't active to put on Jesus today. So wanting to, to be more active in that. That was a helpful discussion. Well, guys, we've done what we always do. We explored deep and we explored wide in Romans 13. And we'll do it again next week. My closing prayer. Father, thank you so much for Romans 13 and uh, got even a smaller group tonight, but we thank you for a good discussion and good questions and uh, good thoughts. We thank you for it, God. Thank you for the blessing that it is to discuss your word with other people and how much more rich it is when we get to study your word together. So thank you for it. God, thank you that you sent your son to die and rise again so that we could be saved. And God, we need to be continually renewed. So God, will you help us to be renewed in the way that we view our government and the way that we love one another? And as we put on the Lord Jesus, please help us to do that, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.